Welcome to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentlemen nerds. The gentlemen nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, and popular culture. Many topics are discussed, so please be warned there are the potential for many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemennerds.com. And now, enjoy the show. On the last episode of The Gentleman Nerds, Mark Finn had joined the Starship Enterprise and was journeying to Malaysia to find ketchup packets with Mickey Finn. Also, Aaron Diorive, trapped in a well, not able to escape, was only able to save his own life by gnawing off his own leg. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, what is going to happen on this episode of The Gentleman Nerds? Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, all that's wrong. Um, no, I, I, sorry. On the last episode of The Gentleman Nerds, a large tree fell on the house of Aaron Diarive, but with his amazing superpowers, he was able to right the tree and save the dog. Also, Mark Finn decided to go to Africa and attempt to find the last packet of Szechuan sauce. Will he find it? Although he wrestled with a gorilla to get it, he managed... Oh, wait, that's not right either. Um... <laughs> Guys, I apologize. I'm a little confused at this point. I think what we need to do is establish some continuity here. Yes, that would be lovely. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joseph Otinos, and on this very special episode of The Gentleman Nerds, the Gentleman Nerds have decided to tackle the issue of continuity. Here, gathered around the table uh, in, the, um, in, 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 the, in the marketplace in Malaysia, no, I'm sorry, in the Lobot Lounge, is Mark Finn. From a certain point of view... <laughs> Aaron Diarive. Uh And I still don't have superpowers, damn it. <laughs> and I am your host, very confused, emotional touchstone, Joseph Fotinos. Welcome to this very special episode of The Gentleman Nerds. That's right, it's a very special episode. Hi, everybody, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, good. I'm good. You're I, good. I, yeah. Uh, and right. Aaron, your leg looks remarkable. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was Earth Earth B. Oh uh, no, uh, Mark suggested this topic uh, on continuity, and uh, and we're going to let him address this in a moment. But I was intrigued. Um, we definitely know that there has been uh, a rising amount of vitriol uh, among fandom when it comes to uh, movies and what they thought of those films and what they think of other films and prequels and sequels and 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 all of that sort of thing. And uh, just uh, to the point where some creators, some directors are hesitant to take certain properties on mm -hmm. because of the a great amount of fan rage that may be generated if they do something quote unquote wrong. Right. Um, so let's let's let Mark address uh, what 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 he wanted to talk about today. But I think I think today it's going to be a fascinating discussion. I yes. agree. And before we get into and, and to, to yield the full the floor to, to to Mr. Finn, I just wanted to address continuity in terms of the general spate of fandom and and just your average moviegoer. I mean, let's face it, a lot of people go to the movies and they say, "Hey, I, I saw a Batman movie a few years ago, and and the Joker dropped off a building and was squashed flat." Um, What's he doing back? I mean, the idea of a remake or a redo or a reboot, if you will, kind of wipes the slate clean for continuity. But there are issues between movies, especially if they're sequeled movies. Now, they've gotten better over the years, but, you know, I remember we'd watch a movie and then the next episode, somebody was who died in the first movie was remarkably back again. And you're like, well, didn't he die in the last one? And how is he still walking? Wait, wait a minute, huh? I mean, it's like they didn't care. Hammer was very guilty about that. Universal was very guilty about that. They just didn't feel like people would remember, <laughs> I right. guess. Or, or maybe more to the point that people would care. I, well, I, I think they thought people just going to go to the movie and have yeah. a great time and be entertained and yeah. and but, but it was no, always the, no. the idea like even in the friday the 13th series of films it was always the idea that or any slasher movie that has sequels they they kill the monster at the end of the, of the final reel and then it's up to the next guy who's writing the screenplay to figure out a way to bring him back you know right. um right. they did some amazingly creative things but also sometimes they just ignored what happened in the previous film and, we, and, and, and we'll get into this yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, I, because i, I think also you. right because i think also certain 
uh, films are much more susceptible to this than I think people are more forgiving with horror films. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to certain Star Wars, Marvel movies, DC movies, I mean, the big franchises, that's where people start to get really protective. And, yes. and they really have, they want ownership of, of, of whatever their bit of media is. But anyway, Mark, go, go, go ahead, yes. Mark. Thank you for uh, agreeing to meet. Uh, I've called the Judicial Committee here uh, to uh, hear my uh, proposal, uh, and I'd like us to vote on it at the end. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and make the case for the dissolution of continuity in media properties. Yes. Now, I, I know that that sounds a little controversial, and it seems like uh, it seems like a, a large uh, amount of uh, overreach. But I uh, am willing to uh, put my uh, thesis out, and you guys can uh, poke holes in it, refute it, uh, however you want to do it. I feel, uh, so, like, I feel like we're floating heads in a room. Speak, Jor-El. Convince <laughs> us. So here's – so continuity uh, is this uh, – basically this idea that whenever we uh, read a series of books or comics or watch a television show or a bunch of movies, uh, that – uh, characters, storylines, plot threads, themes, uh, and uh, in, in some cases even uh, the, the sets themselves are going to follow in a natural progressive order, uh, continuity being, you know, everything's going to make sense from episode one to two to three to on to 22. And then season two will pick up basically where season one left off with season two, episode one, two, three, and so on. Uh, this works in movies. Uh, it's a long established thing, uh, for comics, uh, TV shows have, uh, have utilized it, uh, in virtually every genre. And um, as we've moved into this, this new format uh, of storytelling in TV and film, uh, this is something that's basically happened in the last 20 years. Uh, and, and things have become uh, much more elevated. And in some cases, uh, they've uh, embraced continuity, and in other cases, they've wanted to get away from it with very mixed results. And I think the problem is, is that people are applying the concept of continuity when it's convenient for them and choosing to ignore it when it's not. And I think if you take it out altogether, then uh, it becomes an enhancement rather than a detriment. So – this is my so this is what I think and 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 I think the best example I can do is uh, to to illustrate this is I recently uh, watched both uh, seasons of uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery the CBS uh, uh, Access show mm -hmm. right? and uh, I was and I asked kind of a very open ended question uh, what. What the controversy was talking to my friends and my my peer group and the fans who follow me, you know, tell me again why why this was such a controversial thing, and I got I got the wide variety of answers, but the people that were the angriest uh, were the one and the ones that were like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch it, uh, basically came in with with a not my trek attitude, right? right? That's not my trek. They they made so many changes in the continuity. More than one person complained about the uniforms. Oh, the uniforms are different, you know, and uh, and and those are the things that it, it occurred to me uh, that uh, you know they they said that, but then I realized you could be talking about any Trek series uh, because this, the the uniforms have changed from uh, from show to show, and in some cases uh, you're dealing with a span of um, fifteen years between shows. So we're not only talking about uh, uh, actor changes, character changes, we're talking about special effects changes. It's a whole new, whole new world. Right. Um, the, even within our lifetime, gentlemen, uh, going back to the original Star Wars trilogy, um, the, there were some serious uh, scrambling to make a story make sense between episode 
well, let's call it Star Wars and Empire and Empire to Jedi, right? I when, when I when I opened up uh, the show with from a certain point of view, you guys knew what I was talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean, it's the it's the, it was the burning question for three years in our heads: How could Darth Vader be Luke's father if he was not introduced as his father? In the first movie. And yeah. all of this happened on the fly, and we just sort of accepted it because we didn't really have any choice. Right. Um, but that was an attempt <clears throat> at retroactive continuity or retcon, right. <laughs> which is what it's referred to. This this notion that everything had to had to flow into one from one thing to the other and had to make sense from one thing to the other is exactly uh, it, it was embraced by comics. Uh, the X-Men was in particular uh, a, a huge uh, adherent of this. When Chris Claremont took over the book in the late 70s and turned it into the the marquee Marvel title that it, that it was and, and, and remained for ever. This was during the time that they were doing the animated cartoons. Mm-hmm. And this was when Wolverine came into prominence. All of this stuff was all under Chris Claremont's watchful eye. And he was... Uh, really good about uh, keeping the continuity alive until he wasn't. And then it would always be a retroactive continuity or be something to make sense, and everybody would kind of champ at the bit, but they keep reading the book. So what we have now is we have what has essentially been happening this whole time. You know, you have a new Star Trek show that takes place before the original series, but people are freaking out because... The uniforms don't look exactly like they did in '66, and well, it's supposed to take place before the '66 one. Before, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. In, in season two, we get to meet Christopher Pike oh, before he's okay. before he's in the triangular wheelchair. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, continue. And yeah. so it's it's dynamic and vibrant Pike walking around, but there's a point at which we go onto the bridge of the Enterprise, and it's it is uh, it's exactly what you think it would be. They redesigned it. From the point of view of we are making this in 2018. Oh, I see. But, but of it, going but back and doing the old look okay. at right. But it, rather than recreate the '66 set, which would look um, so out of place in the modern world, they basically took the same design and put and put the uh, the spackle on it. You know, uh, the uniforms are the same uniforms in the color scheme. And in fact, I, there was even a point in the in this in this in the show where uh one of them says you know uh yeah i noticed we don't get pay raises and 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 the other one and somebody replies yeah well we got new uniforms yes they're pretty and 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 it's like and my thought was you had to say that didn't you you had to say that out loud so that people wouldn't lose their damn minds and so um this is this is sort of that infantilization process the people that are uh, the people that feel like we have to adhere to this uh, really do us a disservice? The the notion that I can't uh, I can't accept a new show being made uh, in the era of Kirk that looks better than than what they were able to give me in 1967 is uh, kind of embarrassing, you know. Yeah. I'm not an imbecile, you know. I'm perfectly capable of making that leap in my head and going, "Oh, cool, that's the Enterprise." If they were doing the show now, neat. How that's awesome. I like that. Right. Well, um, here, here's here. Let me let me let me interject here. I I actually think that uh, there's there's a certain a couple of phenomenon going on here. That one of them is because if you notice, when it comes to cosplay, when it comes to people uh, getting their versions of whatever their favorite characters out. Um, fans are very forgiving. They love they love crossplay. They love uh, uh, this character interpreted as this other thing. They love melding characters. They're they're very creative and they're very forgiving. Um, and I think and these are the same people then that turn around and complain when there might be a change that they don't like. And here's what I think is going on. There's a difference between the audience is allowed to play in the sandbox, and I think everyone understands that, 
and and they're forgiving and they're like, yeah, sure, whatever you want to do. You want to dress up like, you know, if you want to make the Little Mermaid a, a, a different ethnicity or if you want to make Wonder Woman, you know, uh, some other some other culture, whatever it is, everyone's like, oh, how neat. But then they make a distinction when it comes to those who, 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 you know, the 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 old carriers of the flame, you know, the 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 men who who hold up the institution, the creators, you know, and that's different. That's almost sacrosanct. You don't you don't mess with the original material. That's up to the fans. The fans can do whatever they want. But if you are given the torch of Star Wars, Star Trek, the Marvel right. Universe, whatever it is. Um, yeah, and I think the, the first edict is do no harm, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. You know, they don't – it's okay for them to mess with it, but by God, you better not suddenly decide to make, you know, Wolverine black or or right. do something – you know, no, 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 you can't do that. Well, um, and, and, and this is this is something that's interesting to me because I think you're 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 catching on to some of this. Um, it, you know, we give we give continuity a pass – for James Bond, for example, like yeah. we've never, you know, like the most, uh, like Connery, uh, was five, was bonded five movies or six. If you count the, the, the return, uh, Roger Moore, uh, was in seven, nobody. And then everybody else has been like four or less, right? right. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig, if they could get five off the ground, he'll tie Sean Connery, the, right. the first guy. So, um, uh, but, but we, we never pay, we don't really care. And, and have never cared about James Bond from actor to actor. Uh, well, that's, I, and if I may, point of order, I think that the you know recasting is just. I think it's necessity. I mean, these guys are getting older, and if you want this, the, the the you know the the franchise to continue, I think people are more accepting of the idea that yeah, Sean Connery. I mean, uh, Roger Moore was getting long in the tooth by *View to a Kill*. Frankly, uh, right. for your eyes only, he was a little long in the tooth. So <laughs> yeah. they, they were right. just like, come on. I mean, he he's not dashing James Bond and betting all these young hot babes anymore. No one's buying it. They gotta, and everyone knows this. I mean, I think that, that that's that's easier to swallow than suddenly saying that James Bond um, is actually American now. I mean. That's, that would be a right. jump in continuity right. that yeah. people would lose their crap over, right? You know, right. I, I agree. Yeah. When, when there was talk of Idris Elba becoming the next James Bond, that's when suddenly you started seeing people say, now hold on a second. Right. Uh, they were fine with a with a long string of white actors, male actors yeah. being James yeah. Bond. But the moment you started changing something that was fundamental in their mind right. to, to, the, to the franchise, mm -hmm. that's when people started saying, nope, that's a step too far. You, well, you and they say, they say they do it. People do, you know. They, they get, when I hear this online, people get all upset about it. They say things like, "Oh, that's just that stupid affirmative action stuff." They're just trying to be all inclusive now, just because they, just because they they can, and people are all upset and politically the, the 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 culture that we live in right now. That's why all the Ghostbusters are women now. That was stupid. Why did they do that? Oh, only to appease a certain group of small, you know, uh, people shouting about women's rights or something like what? that. That's yes. what they're saying, right? Yeah, and yet, yeah, and yet, no, yeah. Uh, uh, that, but you have just nailed it. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we cannot discount the effect that changing culture and demographics have had oh, yeah. on yeah. that effect. That's exactly what you've just identified. And I think, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna posit, fellow gents, that that is ultimately the problem. Um, yeah. Our society, and we see it all around us, our society is fundamentally shifting. It is much more multicolored. It is it is it is multilingual, um, and there are many facets. As unfortunately, many of us have witnessed in our political sphere, um, there are many facets of our nation that do not like that, and they well, do not want that. I will absolutely append that writer to this memo because I think that that's certainly something that needs to be into the in, entered into the record. But I think that that because of this, continuity is being weaponized. Yes, and it's being and it's being weaponized in a way that's not very fair. It's not and it's it's not fair to uh, the fans, but it's also not fair to the creators. Absolutely. Uh, and and the and so you know, I, I'll give you another great example uh, when Disney acquired Lucasfilm or LucasArts and they got all the Star Wars stuff and there was basically a little like a little lag of three months and then they made that announcement right that all of the expanded universe stuff was no longer canon right <laughs> and and everybody and there was this hue and cry but there were a lot of people that went no no I see what they're doing <laughs> I get it yeah. and, uh, and 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 so on top of that, 
so, so yeah, and it's because they didn't want to do a red-haired female Jedi and have somebody go, oh, that's supposed to be Mara Jade. You know, they didn't want people disengaging in the theater, and they would have. They would have watched the movie. They would have hate-watched it, you know? They would have right. sat there and gone, that's everybody knows that the kyber crystals are, you know, and, and or whatever, you know? Well, in right. that one book that I read 14 years ago, somebody <laughs> had two sentences about this, and, and the fact that they haven't done that is just ridiculous, you know? Uh, it's been, it's been a long standing problem that people have made fun of, uh, from, uh, the family guy to the Simpsons. And, uh, the thing is, is it's not necessary. Uh, I forget, uh, well, uh, in my, my, my fellow comic book, uh, guys, we had a, we had a point that we like to make when we were talking about these comics, because uh, because there was always that thing at, at DC, not a hoax, not a not an imaginary story, right, and, right. And, and and the rejoinder was, what are you talking about? They're all imaginary stories. <laughs> nice. Super, Superman nice. just married a mermaid. Uh, yeah. I think it's yeah. imaginary. Yeah. So yeah. so so there's uh, and and even right now uh, with with episode nine looming on the horizon, and and having them having established uh, in episode seven that there was a parental mystery around one of the characters and then have somebody in episode eight discount that and say, no, that's not right. Uh, I wonder if we're going to get in episode nine, somebody saying, well, you'll find uh, that uh, w- that what often is, is only true from a certain point of view. <laughs> you know, it, it, I wonder yeah. if we're going to get the same explanation for for that little uh, that little uh, deception that we got back in 1983, and, and, but that's not that's neither here nor there. The point is that when uh, when people use uh, when people perceive continuity to to be mishandled, it's virtually impossible for them to see anything but the mistakes. You know, yeah. it's they can't get past the the fact that we have new uh, cloth and sewing techniques, and so they don't have to wear wool shirts on the Enterprise anymore. They can wear a a, a lighter material that 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 has a, a bit of a texture to it. Uh, it does, you know, the the sets. You know, I, uh, I, I think about Galaxy Quest. All right, put up screensaver number two. <laughs> That's just a little thing we used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, all of that stuff has changed uh, over time, but we refuse to change with it. Unless, of course, it benefits us. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has done great things by keeping their their stories tightly wound. And, and, and having them flow more naturally. But I, I contend that that's because they are making movies in a very different way. Uh, they're not doing it uh, the way, for example, Fox did with the X-Men movies. The X-Men movies are scrambled eggs. And part of the reason why people don't like it is because they're trying to reconcile uh, Brian Singer's X-Men uh, in 1990 and 2000 with uh, – First class, which supposedly takes place earlier, but has different actors. But where's Patrick Stewart? But how come Wolverine's not? You know, it's just this mess. And um, I, my assertion is, is if we let it go, if we take our cues from horror movies, we let it go. I like that. I want a T-shirt. Take your cues from horror movies. You know, <laughs> well, let, yeah. I mean, let let it go because what happens then is it frees up the authors to write uh, a Joker movie where he doesn't have to explain where Batman lives or or why he's not Heath Ledger. It well, frees people up to do James Bond movies uh, with whatever iteration of James Bond that they want with no worries about if the next one is the same thing. Um, it frees people up to watch a Star Trek episode and go, okay, so this is uh, this is the time of the Klingon War. Cool, I got that. This is an interesting thing that is, is a much better story because we have special effects now instead of $39 in a trash bag. Um, and so I'm going to watch this and, and appreciate it for the fact that it cost a million five to make. Um, right. It frees us up and keeps – because here's the deal. 
you're going to, your brain will still catalog everything anyways. And if somebody decides to use continuity and apply it to their storytelling uh, style or their TV series or their, their series of movies, then continuity becomes an enhancement. It becomes a bonus. Oh, what I like about this is that they're all flowing into the other and they're telling a bigger story. Uh, but they don't, have to and especially with episodic tv especially with these limited series shows where we're going to get a, a kind of a complete narrative anyways but there's no reason to to think that if this series ends and then three years later they decide to do a new series of whatever we're talking about whether it's uh, uh x-men uh tv shows or game of thrones or whatever who says that it all has to be that has to pick up where the last thing left off or worse, we have to write it backwards so that this one ends where the first one begins. Um, all of that, it's its needlessly complicated. And it's making people crazy online because they're trying to rationally – This is and this is a man thing, to be fair. This is this is dudes, all right? Uh, <laughs> we, well, we, we, we catalog. We codify. Right. You know, well, we have to you know, collect every issue of a comic. We have to have every one of the bubblegum cards. We but, have to put them in numerical order but but here, here's another concept i think that's going on um uh, i think a lot of these things are seen as comfort food um people don't go see in my opinion hardcore star trek fans don't see a new star trek series because they want to see the amazing new things that the creators can bring to it no it's comfort food they're gonna go get their favorite kind of pizza i love this kind of pizza and if they sit down and they're served something that's not their favorite kind of pizza Uh then that experience for them is a failure and what Uh, happens if they're promised their favorite kind of pizza and show up and it's not. I think that's where the outrage comes, right? Right. If you go into something expecting my pepperoni and mushrooms and you get pineapple and Canadian bacon, you say, but you said it was supposed to be, you know, Spider-Man. Who's this guy? That's not Spider-Man. Right. Or even you know, worse, or even worse, they give you meatloaf, and you're like, "What?" Um, <laughs> well, you should so, have known that going in. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> nobody would ever cast meatloaf as Spider-Man. I think right. that's a silly assertion, so anyways. I would do anything for love. <laughs> oh my god. So here's the thing. I I actually I, I I wonder if there is a way that fans can can distinguish that that they can separate the comfort that they get from these franchises, from these characters, from these stories. Uh, with the this is now a new interpretation from a new creator, uh, a new network, a new studio, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I I'm curious. I'm curious if they if they're able, like, hey, well, I'll always have classic track, right? I can just go watch classic track and wow, those exploits of Spock and Kirk and McCoy, I love those guys. And then also sit down and watch Discovery without feeling, well, wait a minute, this is a betrayal to yeah, Sp- right. Spock and Kirk. No, no. It's two separate things. If you want your comfort food pizza, you watch original track. If you want to go try a new restaurant that's kind of pizza flavored, then you try Discovery. You do something different. But you go in knowing and expecting that you may not be served your favorite kind of pizza mm-hmm. that you always get at the restaurant you love going to. Right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to answer your your rhetorical question with one right. word. No. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think they can. And I, think some and I don't can. I, I don't mean that in a. Um, I don't. I don't mean to throw everybody in fandom under the bus, but um, uh, I find that um, by and large, the re- the reply to that, and this is this is because this is what I've said uh, for years that got me through comics. You know, uh, I, I might not like the current uh, Batman storyline because the writer. Is is writing terrible Batman comics? Greg Rucka is the guy that comes to mind as someone that I can't stand uh, writing Batman. But here's the deal: um, I don't own every issue of Batman before Greg Rucka, right. so I don't have every issue. Of, I've never read every issue of Batman. So I, if I really am a Batman fan, but I hate Greg Rucka, my you know I've got two choices. I can either scream and cry because Greg Rucka's on the book, and now I can't, I don't like any of the books, or I can go buy the issues that I don't have and read those. Okay. And uh, I I realize that I'm the only one that wants to do that because what everybody else wants to do is go, well yeah, but. 
you know, it's it's like your point is well taken, but I want the new thing anyways. And um, well, but see, you you also identified another problem, and and I I would be I would be a hypocrite if I would not say. I, I have encountered this, but only, by the way, when I encounter something that I feel is badly done. Okay, so you just mentioned I don't like work of Batman stories. They're, they they suck. They're not for me. Uh, I everyone knows my history with Last Jedi. I don't. I'm not going right. to rehash that here. Um, I thought that was badly done. So you can we have to we have to allow for the possibility that somebody may go into a new interpretation of something and may come out going, nope, that didn't work. That that absolutely did not work for me. It doesn't mean it's a piece of trash or it has no value or whatever. But for them, it is it, it it's not good. It didn't work. It's not but, Batman. It's not Star when, Wars. It's not when you Star when Trek. you list when you list your problems with the Last Jedi, you don't include continuity errors no 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 you did that's that's the difference first for for uh for some people the 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 fact that they've played so fast and loose with the quote-unquote established canon mm -hmm. of of the enterprise and and star trek uh is the deal breaker for discovery uh even though the show uh, has been over backwards uh, some would say into a double helix to try and address why these things don't currently exist. You know, there was a lot of stuff that they that they had to do in the series because they were trying to make it match up with fan expectations of continuity. And and of course, this is what here's what here's what's bullshit about that. Um, you know, Walter Koenig Chekhov didn't uh, join the cast until uh, season two uh, after Space Seed. <laughs> but he's the guy that kicks off the Wrath of Khan. Right. The he best Star Wars. Yeah, the best Star Trek movie of all time. And 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 the the explanation, you know, people are, are very quick to come up with a half a dozen reasons sure. why why he's not there. They'll give that a pass mm -hmm. because Ricardo Montalban comes back as Khan, which is all we ever wanted, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it's so it's so it's the thing is, is at best, fans do not apply it uniformly. They applaud it when it suits them, and they throw it under the bus when it doesn't. And I this so so this is my I, I, I've kind of hit all the points I want to hit. but but my my thing is is if we stop uh, using that, as the reason why we don't like something, if if we take it out of the equation and, and allow for the fact, Joseph, that uh, in the monster movies in the Universal films, uh, which which often were uh, preceded by a completely different director and screenwriter, mm -hmm. um, those movies had to end with the monster dying, but then they had to go make more money with Frankenstein, and so the next guy had to come up with a creative way to bring him back from the dead. If and, I may, if go I may. ahead. Yes, because jump you, in. Because, because you opened up that portal, I'm just going to go into a quick sidebar here, ladies and Do gentlemen. It. You'll have to just be, bear with me. Dracula. Universal's 1931 Dracula with Bela Lugosi ends with the Count being staked in his earth box in the cellars of Carfax Abbey in England by Professor Van Helsing. The next film in the Dracula cycle, Dracula's Daughter, picks up exactly where Dracula leaves off, with Van Helsing, played once again by Edward Van Sloan, coming out of the cellars of Carfax. The police arrest him because he just drove a stake through somebody's heart in a box, and he's trying to explain to them that, hey, this guy was the king of the vampires. He's been dead for 600 years. I destroyed a monster. I didn't murder anyone. Meanwhile, Dracula's daughter, played by Gloria Holden, comes from Transylvania. Wait a minute, Dracula's daughter? Yeah, 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 just roll with it. She comes back from Transylvania, uh, claims her father's body from the morgue, takes the body of Dracula, Bela Lugosi, now played by a lax dummy, puts it on a burning pyre and completely obliterates it, burns it to bone, just burns it up. And, and hopefully that releases her from her curse. The movie ends a it ends being a Dracula movie and starts being a, con a Countess Zaleska movie. It's, it's her story now. Fine, she's killed at the end with an arrow through the heart. The next time we see Dracula at all is in Son of Dracula, which is Lon Chaney Jr. shows up in Florida 
as Dracula. She's brought in, I'm sorry, Louisiana. It's a Louisiana movie. So there's a woman in Louisiana who's been corresponding with this mysterious count overseas, and, you know, she finds out he's a vampire. He promises her eternal life for her and her boyfriend. She brings him here, sets him up, because he does Dracula stuff. Wait a minute. How the hell did this happen? Where did he come from? How is he still alive? Nobody seemed to care. And Universal very wisely said, well, let's just call it Son of Dracula. He's not really Dracula. He's his son. Or is he? It's never quite clear. And that's the right. pass that that movie gets. Because they literally, the, the Van Helsing character, the Professor Laszlo, he does say, it's Dracula. Or perhaps a descendant. I don't know. That's, that's all the explanation they give. And we're okay with it. Dracula's bones show up again in House of Frankenstein. Literally, Lampini says he took the bones from the cellar of Carfax, I mean, of Castle Dracula. And so we think, how did his bones get from England, where Zaleska burned them, to the cellars of Castle Dracula again, so that Lampini could steal them for his traveling show? And he unstakes it, it becomes John Carradine. Folks, it doesn't, you, you, you can make all kinds of creative re reinterpretations and explain it. Believe me, I've done it, because, you know, it's what I do. But ultimately, the movie itself, the standalone movie itself, you just have to roll with it and accept it. It didn't ruin anything for me if when Dracula's skeleton showed up in Lampini's traveling circus when I knew for a fact it was last seen in England, you know. And maybe Lampini lied about it. Maybe he did take it from England. Who knows? I mean, you could come up with all kinds of stuff to explain right. what exactly is going on, right? right. But <clears throat> bottom line is what you said earlier. If fans are just kind of willing to go, huh, okay. Nobody's sitting there going, wait, wait a minute, wait, standing up in the theater screaming at the screen. Wait a minute. That's not what happened last time, you know. And I think I think genre fans are a little bit more accepting. I, I would I would grant you, not Star Trek fans. They're crazy. I think that genre fans in general. I know I'm going to get angry letters. I apologize. Yeah, but please send please send all hate mail <laughs> to Joseph Martinez. But I mean, I think a lot of genre fans are a little bit more open minded and accepting of things. Yes, like that. I I, I would say that horror horror movie fans have been dealing with this for as long as we've been horror movie fans. Whether you jumped in Absolutely. at Universal or whether you jumped in at Hammer or whether you jumped in with the slasher films of the '80s and the rise of the the super killer, no. uh, you had you basically had to you basically knew that by and large we were going to reset with the next movie mm -hmm. and 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 perhaps because maybe the reason why i i suspect that the that the real culprit i suspect all of this grew out of star trek fandom because star trek has the longest pedigree the most um the most intellectual property and ancillary uh media uh, applied to it. It's been around the longest, and yeah. in, in being around the longest, it's had uh, basically from '66 to now. Uh, there've been uh, five TV show shows, two sets of feature films mm -hmm. that that started back uh, in '79 and go on to uh, to this day. Uh, books, comics. Uh, uh, you know, it, and, and all of that stuff, uh, the animated series, all of that stuff essentially from 66 to the beginning of the Star Trek movie at the end of the 70s, all of that stuff purported to pick up with the ongoing continuing adventures. And, yeah. and, and, and they made a point of saying, no, 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 this, no, this, this all fits into the, the five-year mission and it's all part of the plan. And, and so that's been accepted as sort of a given. And uh, I think that uh, – and because it's science fiction, right, Sci you know, because science fiction is, is scientific. It's not all loosey-goosey like horror movies, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, food replicators and teleportation, that's, that's totally scientific. Um, but because that veneer of science and, and engineering is on it, there's this, this idea that it has to be logical. And, of course, that's one of the tenets of the show, right? It's all about logic versus emotion. So, so this notion of continuity uh, is almost tailor-made for Trek. But at the same time, that's the thing that, ever, that hurts people the most when they try to reconcile uh, one show from another – 
one set of movies from another, one one TV show from what's already come on, uh, the alternate universe films that uh, that they had to say. See, this is the thing they had to say that we cre- we created an alternate timeline, and it's the only thing that kept people from rioting in the streets. They because they ha- they had the torches. They were they were they were pulling out the pitchforks, and then Spock says, "It appears that." What has been created is an alternate timeline. And everybody went, ah, oh, damn it. And they put the torches down and went, I guess we'll watch the rest of the movie now. Right. And, and, and that's that, just it. The, the movie, you mentioned the alternate timeline. That's a great way to get around that in Star Trek anyway, because I don't remember a lot of torches being lit from the J.J. Abrams. Or, I mean, other than the lens flares and, and everything else that they were bitching about, the fact that they were going, okay, it's an alternate timeline because we kill, we, we do the whole thing at the beginning where, where, you know, it sets off that different timeline, and you can do that, I guess. The Marvel Universe has that out now, too, with the whole pocket dimensions and the, and the quantum realm. They can go and pull Iron Man from another timeline and bring him back in if they wanted to, obviously, right? Right, right, and this and this is something that uh, it's it, it, to to comics, which are uh, uh, only recently uh, important. Back, you know, for the longest time, DC had these all had these mini Earths uh, that were basically nothing more than the companies and the intellectual property of the comic book. Uh, businesses that they that they acquired after bankrupting them and so all the Fawcett characters which is uh, captain marvel and his, mm-hmm. his group were, were in this in this world right earth s s for shazam and then uh to, to make sure that the world war ii guys and the world war, and, and the modern day guys could get along they put an earth one and earth two and it was this big thing and then they codified it in the 80s by, by having it all come down into one thing called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they've been slowly taking that apart ever since. Meanwhile, Marvel, who had always relied on uh, see Fantastic Four 1002, you know, Stan, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, uh, to, to let you know that, hey, this is all taking place in the same larger space. They have now embraced a multiverse idea in, in the comics. And so, um, so, what I'm saying by that is that those lines have blurred completely and nobody cares because it, it makes for interesting stories. It makes for better stories, but we've got to, I, I think that the sooner we move past this, the internet becomes 35% less toxic. Right. Well, also, by the way, I think there is, uh, th- this is a very obviously complex issue and I don't think you can really, uh, adequately address it without trying to understand what it is that's happening in in society that is making people uh, be more you know tribal more have want more ownership over something want want to have more control want to have you know all of this is related guys I mean it's all related right humans are very complex and I think I think part of what we're seeing is when somebody is saying that's not Star Trek. Uh, several things have resulted in that. I mean, several things have built towards that. One, fans realize they have power. Fans in today's era understand that they can affect the entire course of franchises in a way that no one dreamed about 20 years ago. No, none of us. None of us thought that if I wrote an angry letter to Universal, suddenly Dracula movies would have perfect continuity. Um, <laughs> you know, no, no one. That was that was just like, oh well, that's what they're doing now. You get online petitions, you get people boycotting films, you get people screaming on on news groups, and and guess what? It affects the creators. It affects the studios and their decisions. That is not something that just we can dismiss. That, I think, has a lot to do with fans saying, oh, you mean if I get angry and I yell and I jump on Facebook and, and, and other social media and, and, and say how I'm not going to go see this movie, Disney may actually may change things? That that can't be discounted, fellas. That is, that is power that right. fans never had before. Amen. That's true. Um, Very true. Very true. true. I think that's I think that's part of it. I think they they now think we can affect this. Before we can just complain. Now, no, no, no. Look, guys, we we complain so loud about solo that they stop for a while. They're they're gonna restructure. They don't know about how they're gonna go move forward with the Star Wars films. We did that, you know? And so Did we do it through complaining or did we do it because nobody showed up and paid a ticket and bought a movie and saw the movie? And and are they related, right? Uh, Let's talk about that. 
go. Let, let's talk about that because I think that's huge, right? Because let's face it, folks. Film companies, they're not going to really, I hate to say this, they don't really care that much if you're upset. What they care about is their bottom line. If nobody yeah. buys tickets and the movie doesn't work and they spend gajillion dollars to make it, then that's going, well, that didn't work, right? So so you, we, we, we best get our voices out by, A, voting, and B, going to the movie and paying our ticket if we want to see it, if we want to contribute to that, right? right. right. Um, so, so obviously Solo, which I thought was fine, me too. Um, it, I, I never. I, I don't think I would need to see it again. But I'm not upset that I saw it once. But many people did. Were enough people out there boycotting the movie from the beginning and never even went to see it? Was yes. that a thing? Oh yes, yes, yes. They they were so there was such an uproar over the Last Jedi that people were basically just saying, I don't care what Disney does, uh, Star Wars related. I'm not going to go see it because I hate the Last Jedi so much. Uh, which is a shame because, in my opinion, Solo was the most Star Wars feeling movie since the original trilogy. In my opinion, um, well, well, this, uh, this, I think you're right that 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 power is is sort of there now, uh, and I think it was a mistake to ever give it to the fans. All right, I, no, I, I a, won't argue that. I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's there. The the cat's out of the bag. Uh, the genie's out of the bottle, and yeah. there's no putting it back. I, I think uh, I think some of this is part and parcel of the toxic internet culture. Do you guys remember back in the '90s when everything was on uh, message boards, and somebody would post uh, a thing, right, uh, a press release or uh, an article or an essay or a, just a long post, or whatever, and 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 there was always right at, at the first comment was always somebody that typed first. Mm-hmm. First, right. <laughs> and yeah. some, and depending on the board, sometimes people go second. Oh, I had to change it because I, I was I typed first, but then he beat me. Right. Well, yeah. th- this 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 That's is a so part. Of, it is. It, it's so stupid. Right. But, but no, we I are. Remember. But I think I think the modern iteration of that is not waiting five seconds before you jump on and condemn something. Right. Right. Or in the case of Lost, where I can point to this directly, um, within like the three or four episodes of Lost, uh, of course, they, they had uh, message boards at the at the uh, at the network. And the, those message boards were quite active. And, and also te- uh, Television Without Pity was another one that had that hosted and probably still does huge uh, discussions. Uh, the fans were just wildly throwing ideas out, just anything that, that they could make stick. And they didn't realize that uh, Lindelof and, and Cuse were, were actually reading those posts. And so it was a really cool thing when they came in and said, hey, guys, thanks for the, your interest in the show. Uh, just to address some things really quick, no, yes, no, maybe, we don't know, I can't tell you. Uh, and, you know, people lost their minds because now they've got this conduit, right? We're on the inside when they, when they never really were. But what happened is some fans guessed the ending of Lost – uh, mm-hmm. Within three, within like three or four episodes, and and they, and they basically went out and said, no, no, that's not it, and and spent the next six seasons going, how are we going to fix this? <laughs> that was our <laughs> right. When 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 I I contend to you, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and we've talked about this before on on past episodes. I don't think I don't think it matters that one guy in Fork in the Bend, Ohio, gets to go online and go, I called it. Let him have that. You know what I mean? Let him have right. it because because it's going to be a different guy in a different small town in America with everything. Somebody's going to get it right by sheer shotgun against the barn door method. You know, they're going to hit it because you can't not hit it. There's too many people that understand the hero's journey and and take things apart at the at the mechanical level. And and I get more enjoyment out of doing that than they do getting invested in the characters. Right. But yeah, you've identified, and, Mark, you've identified another 
uh, uh, issue that is affecting this phenomenon today. Now, right, instead of the guy in Bend in the Road, Ohio, just kind of going on some little tiny news group, no, that guy has a YouTube channel, and right. he has 100,000 subscribers, and those subscribers have YouTube channels, and, and it becomes this 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 uh, feedback loop. I mean, everyone's like, well, what about this? And I think, I think Luke Skywalker's going to be this, and I think Ray's parents are this people, and I think, and so they start to, to, to get themselves up into a frenzy in throwing out theories and guesses and then the movie comes out and they're either all wrong or they're horribly disappointed because they really kind of start to convince themselves that what they theorized is probably the best way to do it um and so what are they going to do they're going to go back on those youtube channels and say oh that was crap but now a hundred thousand people are watching this and sharing it and going to other social media and sharing it and talking about it and so again uh today's society with all of our technology and all of the access that we have allows for this sort of thing my my argument to you mark is that this continuity thing was probably there all along we just had no way to express it um we were we were we would just sit in a room going man i really wish that you know this about star trek that'd be nice but that's all we could do um now we can get in and with a voice of hundreds of thousands say, we hate Discovery because it's not like classic track or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so that that can't be discounted either. You know, it's it's the guy that suddenly yells and then looks around going, oh, my my voice, it carried. Did you see that? And he yells yeah. again and looks around with wonder. Oh, look, I can affect things. I, I, I'm screaming and people are looking at me. So, mm-hmm. dude, that that cannot be discounted. All right, you, you know, you, you, you're right. There, there's there's more to this than than thought. But I still think that uh, that one of the the byproducts of this is that is that continuity is being weaponized. And so I want to amend my original statement rather than, uh, than excise continuity. I would like to censure continuity. Okay. I'd like to strongly rebuke continuity and put (laughs) continuity on notice that it needs to shape up. It needs to, uh, think about what it really wants to do here at the firm. And then, uh, maybe we can revisit this, uh, with, uh, during the next review, uh, period, because, uh, clearly, uh, it's gotten out of hand and it's one of the things that people are using to, to beat each other up with. And more importantly, beat up the thing that they profess to love. Yes. You know, how, how sad for you, uh, angry Star Trek fan who has been a Star Trek fan your whole life, but won't watch Discovery because you feel like it's going to affect you negatively in some way. You know, that's right. that's that's a lonely way to go through life. And, you, uh, and I also just quick, quick point of order. Would you want to address the idea that the guy who's making the most noise, that one squeaky wheel is a minority of fan? Uh, I, I don't know that he's necessarily a minority because, you know, the, the for Harry Potter fandom, right, their workaround for them not getting what they wanted was to go write the, the erotic adventures of Hermione and Professor Snape and, and call it a day. Um, and, and I think that works fine up right up until the point where you get mad at uh, the new Harry Potter movie because it's not dealing with stuff that that has been largely accepted in the fan fiction community. Like you, like your right to be it's it's the it's a version of your right to swing your fist ends at the end of my nose. Your right to be upset about the thing that nobody knew existed outside of your group ends at the movie that the creator just made. Right. So although although I will agree with Joseph in that that minority fan their voice now has a lot more power. And so, like, you know, after Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones was over. There were a lot of people that were like, hmm, I don't know how to, I don't know exactly what I think about that ending. And then after video, after video, after post, after post of people saying, my God, it sucked. Mm -hmm. Guess what? All of those people that were on the fence were now saying, yeah, you're right. That sucked. 
And so that is the power that 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 minority fan can have now that they 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 put sometimes very compelling arguments. I actually thought the ending of Game of Thrones was disappointing and they post it and people read it and share it and reshare it and reshare it. And suddenly now when you did not know what you thought about something, your your opinion is kind of helped your opinion is formed partly by what you've been reading by other people's reactions by other people saying man game of thrones sucked that ending didn't it and you got go yeah it did and th- and then there's the opposite camp right those who go entrench in their positions it did not it was brilliant i saw it mm-hmm. coming all along uh, of course daenerys was going to go mad i knew it and so again you get these two camps you get this tribalism that forms Everywhere, by the way, it's everywhere, folks, um, where one camp is saying, no, 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 and the other camp is saying, yes, yes, yes. By the way, that's another thing, too much to go into in the show, but the growing tribalism amongst our society is, I think, another big issue uh, that affects fandom as well. Uh, I would agree, Mark, that continuity uh, has been weaponized, but so much in our in our discourse has been weaponized. Um yeah. Where you must be wrong and I must be right. Right. And and I think uh I, I your point about uh the the power of the little person is taken right up until the point that uh the the studios and the and the authors and the uh showrunners and the producers uh decide that it's gonna matter. You know, mm-hmm. and I think and I and, and I think what I kinda like about that is that that there is starting to be a little pushback on that, you know. Um, we're we're starting to get a pushback. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, that's doing episode nine. Um, he, he basically said, "Yeah, we're gonna oh, Abrams." J. J. Abrams. Yeah, JJ Abrams. He basically said, "Yeah, we're just gonna sidestep a lot of the stuff that was in episode eight, and 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 not really, you know." <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that's fine, and I think that it works. Is. It is. And, but, but I but you. There, there is a point at which, you know, I want to, I want to do the thing from The Simpsons where the guy in the booth uh, turns on the light and he's behind the two-way glass, going, "You kids don't know what you want. That's why you're kids." You know, mm-hmm. um, right? It's, it's really, it's. Uh, it, I, I think what matters or what should matter is getting to tell the best story that you can, you can tell. Getting to make the story that you want to make, and and knowing that. In the end, these are all imaginary stories, and and if they all run together in a way that's that that makes for a larger, richer tapestry, that's cool. But right. just because they don't run together from movie to movie, that doesn't that doesn't lessen their impact or import. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's something that should it should be looked at as a feature rather than a bug. Right. right. And yet, but but the other thing, I, and I would I would add to that. I agree with that. I would add to that, though, that we also have to leave open the possibility that a certain artist's interpretation of something may just not work for us. It just yeah. may not. Always that, always that yeah. provides yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, but in, unless so there, somebody there will be, there will be instances where somebody says, "Hey, let me give you this this new version of X," and you go, "Wow, that new version of X sucked." Right, uh, we we don't know if Idris Elba is going to be a good James Bond or not until he plays James Bond. We right. don't know if uh, Ghostbusters is going to work uh, with uh, women until we see it. Right. So you can't discount this stuff uh, whole cloth out of hand because oh, yeah. it's it's never been done before. That's the way we've always done it. Is no excuse for anything from a Dilbert office to um, a zillion dollar franchise. So, um, so I, so my, so I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that we censure continuity. Is is this your vote, by the way? Is this, I'm I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling for a vote to censure continuity. Uh, and, and, uh, we'll table the rest of these, uh, for, uh, another, another meeting, but I, I absolutely think we should address them at at, uh, some point down the road. So, so I would say all in favor of censure and continuity say, I, I, my floating head says guilty. I repeat (laughs) as well. Guilty. Okay, the motion wow, passes. Is that what that means? Because I was thinking sure. you'd be sucked up into the Phantom Zone at this point. <laughs> well, well you know. if, if, if continuity were here, I would totally suck it. <laughs> <laughs>
Amen to that. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the Gentleman Nerds is a Cloak and Dagger production and written by Aaron Diorive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos, with additional material provided by Mickey Finn and Thundar the Barbarian. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs, promotional material, logos, and the Gentleman Nerds mascot created by artistic goddess Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer was Joseph Fotinos, and our special guest bartender was Maximilian. Our sound editor, mixer, and intentional producer is Lucky the Rat. Our executive producer and the man we all pray never gets a lawnmower is Aaron Diarive. The Gentleman Nerd's attorney is Mark Finn. Joseph Otinos is in charge of continuity. And Ben Gibbs is the man in the gorilla suit. Web hosting by Bluehost. Join us in the Lobot Lounge when next we open. And please always tip your bartenders and your waitstaff. Guys, final words. Mark Finn. Uh, I can't wait to see Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm so excited about it. It's making me crazy. <laughs> Aaron Diarive. Uh, one last, uh, just one last observation on all of this, folks. When when new stuff comes out, go into it with an open mind. Uh, go into it to see if you are entertained, if you like what this creator has presented for you. Uh, it may not work for you, and that's okay. And the other thing is let people love what they love. That's also okay. Just because you hated it does not mean everyone else should. So just be open-minded. Be open-minded about the things that you love, and the world will be a better place. And I'm Joseph Otinos, reminding you all once again that Baron Zemo lives. Did I get that right? We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to address uh, the banana splits movie here. It's <laughs> all oh my like, God, that's another because, yeah. Let's, because uh, yeah, let's let, let's put a pin in that one because right. I, I have to go study Spanish and I have okay. lots to say about the banana splits movie. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> Jesus God Almighty, right. I know, right? <laughs> all right, Bon Shots, thanks for indulging me, guys. I think this was a really good episode. Yeah, no, 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 it was great. It was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, quick, quick, quick point of order as well as for uh, Armadillocon. Right. Patrice has said we will get a Gentleman Nerds uh, mm-hmm. panel, so that's for sure. And I know that, uh, Joseph, you've been confirmed uh, for Professor Griffin, so that's that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh,